Welcome to the RSP NFL Scouting Glossary. I'm Matt Walden with the Rookie Scouting Portfolio. Today we're going to talk about the concept of accounting for leverage when evaluating quarterbacking. And we're going to look at a play from 2022 NFL Draft Prospect Tanner McKee out of Stanford. And I have an accompanying video with this at my YouTube channel, Matt Waldman's RSP Film Room, and my site, mattwaldmanrsp.com, that shows McKee accounting for the leverage of two defenders in coverage and using terrific ball placement on a downfield target to, to basically make that coverage work in his favor. And he does this actually after evading two pass rushers early in the play. So before we get to that, I mean, you can check that out later. But first thing we want to do, we want to do is talk about what accounting for leverage is. And really, what is leverage in the sense of the, the sphere of what we're talking about with football? Leverage is the favorable or unfavorable position that one player has relative to his opponent. You talk about leverage with blocking, but we're going to talk about leverage with receivers relative to their, um, their coverage or the coverage versus the receivers. Now, when it comes to quarterback evaluation, football analysts spend a lot of time on things like coverage identification, progression reads, and play recall. These aspects of the position emphasize book smarts, and there's certainly a baseline value for that. But a lot of book smart quarterbacks struggle to deliver to their NFL expectations set during the pre-draft screening process. These book smart passers, they often ace the whiteboard portion of the interview, often earning praise that they see and understand the theory of the game like a coach. They impressed during the interview, and in the past, they also performed well in the Wonderlick, which was a test that had really little value for football players because it didn't test the speed and accuracy of processing the kind of information found on a football field. Now, Dan Marino, good examples of this are, you know, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, and Steve McNair. These are guys who were MVP quarterbacks. They excelled on the field because they knew how to identify what is open and deliver the ball immediately. Russ Landy calls this release confidence. I call it a fast and confident processor. Marino and McNair had low wonder lick scores. I don't know Favre scored, didn't bother to look it up, but suffice to say, when it came to the whiteboarding aspect of quarterback play, the the popular anecdote where he turned to Ty Detmer, you know, two years into his starting career with the Packers and during a film session and said, Why do they what do they keep calling this a nickel? What's a nickel? He didn't know what a nickel defense was until two years in as an NFL starter. So while understanding the academic side of football has a lot of value because you can communicate on the same level with your teammates and your coaches and you have a lexicon of, of language to be able to draw from and identify information and talk about what you want to do or what happened and how you can adjust, there can be too much weight placed on the academic side of football when evaluating the talent at the position. Quarterbacking is a performance job. It's not an academic one. And what often separates the best NFL quarterbacks from the rest is the player's ability to account for leverage. 
It's an underrated facet of performance, gaining more recognition because it's an underlying key to success among elite passers. When a quarterback identifies the leverage of key defenders relative to a route in question, he has instant data that tells him if the route will break open and where to place the football. The most advanced leverage readers will see the position of two to three defenders relative to one receiver's route and make the complex placement choices that work well in that context. Um, now, when you talk about most routes, making looking at two to three defenders isn't usually required with most routes. Much of the time, a quarterback may only need to read the leverage of one to two defenders relative to a single route. And just to give you something for further reference, one of the best publications that I can recommend for understanding how to account for leverage in a manner that cuts through the if-then kind of you know language that coaches often teach quarterbacks how to read the field and coverage that often says, if the defender's doing this, then you go here. But first, look here and if and give a quick look there, but don't, don't spend too much time on it so that you can make sure that you're reading this. Now, think about directions. When you're getting directions to drive somewhere and someone says, you know, you're going to go five blocks, take a left at the first light, go two more blocks, take a right at the third light. That's pretty clear directions. If you say, you know, go two blocks, and then when you get to the, the Gulf station, but not the one with the big orange sign, the one with the square sign, that's, three, um, that's just three buildings down, that other one's closed, you know, then you take a left, and then make sure that you go past the, the Fox Theater on your left to take a right onto Auburn Avenue, um, but make sure that you are in the second to right lane. That's a lot more com confusing. That's very specific, but it's a lot more confusing. And when you're dealing with traffic and dealing with um, a lot of external stimuli going on when you're driving, if you're weighed down by all of that thinking, you're surely going to miss what you need to do when it comes to executing directions. It's the same thing with quarterbacking. So really, you know, one of the better publications that really show you how to cut through all that and to keep quarterbacks from thinking too much in the heat of action is the publication From Headset to Helmet by Dub Maddox and Darren Slack. And this publication, to me, might be the quarterbacking version of Bruce Lee's Tao of Jeet Kune Do, whereas Lee discusses all the inefficiencies of traditional Wing Chun and how Jeet Kune Do works past it. Maddox and Slack's publication is similar in this regard with leverage versus traditional methods of coverage processing that's taught to quarterbacks. So what are the basics of reading leverage for quarterbacks? Now, like I said, a passer is looking for the position of defenders relative to receivers um, at, the at that receiver's route break. Um, but it's not always during the break, but at the top of the receiver's stem prior to the break. So here's some basic considerations of favorable leverage. Um, 
you know, you want to look at where the defender is shaded. If he's shaded, for instance, outside the receiver, when the receiver comes off the line and during his initial stem and the route break is designed to go inside and there's no safety or linebacker shaded to the inside where that break's going to be either above or below the receiver, well, then the quarterback knows based on that one-on-one, if, it's just, if he's just really only has to account for one defender there, then and that defender's outside and the receiver's breaking inside, well, that's a basic leverage read of understanding that that's a favorable leverage for the receiver. The same thing's true if the defender's shaded outside and the receiver's um, breaking, or excuse me, the um, defender's shaded inside and the receiver is breaking outside and there's no safety or linebacker help that it's going to be under or over that receiver at their break point. Um, the other thing is, say, for instance, if during the route the receiver manages to manipulate defender so that the defender's hips or chest is turned to the side of the field and open to the side of the field that's um, in the opposite direction of where the receiver's going to break. Those are three basic ways that you can consider that, that are good examples of where you could see favorable leverage for the receiver. Now, there are several other um, considerations which um, quarterbacks have to take take into account. That includes the position of the defenders um, who cover the zone of the receiver's break. So, you know, there may be man-to-man coverage or coverage of the stem at a certain part, but then where the receiver breaks, who's covering, who's in that area, and how are they positioned? relative to the receiver's break in the direction of where the receiver is going. Um, you know, so those are things that are important as well as the length of the break um, because the break may require, you know, if the break has a certain length to it, it may help you, you know, you're accounting for the receiver's speed. You know, if you have, um, you know, Michael Thomas running a certain break that has a long break to it down the field, versus, say, Tyreek Hill, well, the the relative position of the defender to that receiver may matter more or less based on the speed of the receiver. Also, the depth of the route, the quarterback's throwing velocity. I mean, if you have Brock Purdy throwing the ball versus, say, Josh Allen throwing the ball, then you can take some of that into account, too, as to what's good, favorable, or unfavorable um, position based also on the length of the break and the depth of the route. Also, the recovery speed of the defender. Um, So these things can all shade how favorable the leverage truly is on a pass. So what I would encourage you to do is check out the RSP video on Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee, either in this um, article that you've clicked on here to to listen to the uh, podcast, or go over to my site, mattwaldmanrsp.com, or YouTube channel, Matt Waldman's RSP Film Room, and you can look at this illustration of a quarterback's accounting of leverage um, and the specific placement that he uses as a result of that. And it's an excellent decision under difficult circumstances, really what I'd call an NFL-caliber decision um, and execution for the Stanford prospect. It's an example of how effective leverage reading is um, and how it's the root of the fast processing that pro quarterbacks have to possess to become top-flight producers in the league year after year. Now, this one play doesn't make um, Tanner McKee a top prospect. 
It does, however, reveal that he has the potential to see the field and execute with the speed and accuracy the top NFL quarterbacks must on Sundays. So thanks again for listening. For more of these RSP NFL scouting glossary videos, you can go to my YouTube channel, Matt Waldman's RSP Film Room, or my site, www.mattwaldmanrsp.com.